Hello again, and welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Weber, and with me again is Stanford Clark. Hey there, how's it going? Hey everyone. Uh, this week, and every week, if you haven't listened to us before, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry and a main topic discussing a TV series, film, or something else. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it's up for discussion to geek out about. And, side note, not every week, every other week. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But, so yeah, this week uh, we are back with episode 89 of the podcast, and we are going to be... Our main review this week is about the Skydance animation film Luck, as well as the Warner Animation Group DC film... Uh, well, animated film, DC League of Super Pets. So uh, we have quite a bunch of speaking animals in this episode. Yes, it's all about the talking animals. <laughs> and what better segue from there to go into our first news segment that Stanford will take away here. Yeah, you know, uh, DreamWorks Animation uh, announced that they are doing a Kung Fu Panda 4. Uh, that's going to be a theatrical release. And they even gave it a release date, which is March 8th, 2024. So we've covered some other, you know, Kung Fu Panda stories about some of the stuff that uh, they're creating uh, for Netflix. But yeah. this, this, uh, this is a full-on theatrical release. No other details were announced. But uh, I'm pretty stoked about, about it. You know, Kung Fu Panda lives because, you know... Uh, the third one of their plan trilogy came out in 2016, so yeah, uh, it it will have been an eight year break, you know. Finally, when when this gets released, and and uh, anyway, uh, happy news, I I think, because I I really I think Kung Fu Panda is one of the strongest uh, franchises from DreamWorks Animation, just for me personally. Um, you know, the ones the ones I enjoy. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorites. I'm a big fan of jack black yeah yeah uh what's interesting or what i'm kind of wondering is i don't think any of like the other uh series that they've done have taken into effect or or into consideration like the like the netflix animated series that are kind of like tangentially connected or spun off from the films so i'm kind i'm wondering with this uh, especially since Jack Black came back recently right. for uh, one of the newer specials on Netflix is between like the the Dragon Knight uh, that that was that premiered on Netflix last month and then like the other series that they've had on there. So it's I'm just wondering if like if any of that will be can like considered into the story or like this just picks up from where we saw with Brian Cranston as Jack Black's dad. Yeah. I wondered the same thing. Uh, how how they can make that all work. I haven't watched that one in a while. Didn't it, it also revealed like at the end of that, that his mom was still alive somewhere too. You know, I, 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 I think I remember that happening at the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, Exactly. So there's stuff. There's all sorts. It could go in any number of directions. And, of course, we're still a couple of years out. 
but yeah. uh, I'm 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 pretty happy about it. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely curious to see what the story will be, especially since like the first three movies were like a planned, right? Uh, planned... Sto- story arc. Yep. Whereas like this just almost kind of you know like Toy Story one, two, or three is like its own kind of like story arc, and then Toy Story four kind of feels almost like an epilogue to right. that. I almost wonder if like that's end up will end up being how like Kung Fu Panda four feels. It's like more like an epilogue. Yeah, to, I kind like, of like right versus... that. Like the sequel that you didn't know that you needed, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that should be definitely be interesting. Uh, but the, the next bit of news we have is that Adult Swim is going to be doing a festival block party uh, with a Pickle Rick, Frosty, uh, Human Claw Machine, and then 15 events. So uh, it or looks like I added this before the last time we did our our episode and since then it's like already happened uh it happened in philadelphia in uh like around august 5th through yeah the first part of august yeah it's, so this is, i mean this is still kind of cool that this happened like they've done what was it so they have they've had the the rickmobile travel yeah, like around the united states exactly it was like kind of pre didn't you yeah you got to see it didn't you yeah i got to do that twice uh because it came uh, well, one time I went and they were playing Back to the Future at uh, Alamo Draft House when we still had those here. Uh, so, like, they had their Rickmobile up front and then they played <laughs> Back to the Future after. And my friend... Perfect. My friend, Mark, Mark with a K, uh, who owns a DeLorean, uh, had brought his DeLorean there that night, too. So That's right. That, like, I, remember whole, whole kind of me, I remember you sending me pictures of that. Yeah. That's so uh, great. And then uh, another time I brought my son Patrick to it, which um, I think was like a few years ago now. Yeah, like 2019 or so. But it was pretty cool. They usually, they usually had cool like merchandise too, like t-shirts yeah. and stuff. So this seems kind of like within that same kind of tone. Uh, but it, this was more of like its own kind of like party-esque thing. Uh, so they had, and, and it was like a more or less kind of like a outdoor concert with like Run the Jewels. Um, and they had like panels for like Rick and Morty and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And then there's a whole bunch of other uh, bands and uh, some comedians there as well. Uh, and they had screenings of like different adult swim series, like including Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Go- Space Ghost Coast to Coast and Rick and Morty. Um, and then they had like all the games and attractions and food trucks and stuff there, and which included like the this pickle rick uh frosty essentially <laughs> um it looks like they had like a special like uh adult swim festival block party like brewed uh, uh like craft beer for that as well that they made uh it's kind of interesting uh, i guess if anybody that's listening to this went to it uh, share some pictures with us on twitter like oh yeah um, in the, the reply to this this episode that when it gets posted um, but yeah, it looks like it was only in Philadelphia. Maybe they'll do some other stuff like this in the future. Uh, but that's kind of cool. I, and I wonder how the, the, the Pickle Rick Frosty tasted. And I, <laughs> I, I do like that, that they had like a, a Morty version of Wendy on, on like the art for this. Stuff. Right. I just, 
Yeah, I just wonder if it's just nasty or if maybe it's one of those things that's just kind of strangely tasty, you know, <laughs> strangely oh, delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually stuff like that can either be very strangely good yeah. or really bad. Exactly. But, but nonetheless, it's it's really a fun thing. I hope I, I hope everybody had a good time. I was able yeah. to go. And I'm with you. They, that's, that's one of those things that, that you know, hopefully will appear in some other cities across the U.S. Because um, I think definitely, you know, the fans would show up. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if anything, if they just did the Rickmobile again and then, like, had the the Pickle Rick. Had the Pickle Rick, the, yeah. That could be interesting. That could be good, too. <laughs> or fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark, this next story is, you know, it's interesting in that, um, you know, I think we've all been reading about what's been happening now that uh, Warner Brothers and Discovery have merged and HBO Max has just been, I think in a lot of ways the programming has been decimated, you know, uh, particularly animation. Uh, Lots of animated titles have been pulled off of the service. And so the official statement from HBO about the library is this. Well, and then also another thing before, as we also know, that uh, next year, Warner Brothers Discovery is planning on merging the HBO Max streaming service with their Discovery Plus streaming service. So those two services will become one. Don't know any details. Don't know any details about you know subscriptions or costs or programming, frankly. But um, the statement from HBO was, as we work toward bringing our content catalogs together under one platform, and again speaking about HBO Max and Discovery Plus, uh, we will be making the change to the content offering available on both services that will include the removal of some content from both platforms. So um, it's been it's been bad for animation shows. So uh, on Twitter, uh, there's a post that is showing that, uh, from August 17th about the shows leaving this week, uh, or I guess you know technically last week, but. Uh, some of those shows include Aquaman, King of Atlantis, Close Enough, Dodo, Elliot from Earth, Esme and Roy, The Fungies, Infinity Train, Little Ellen, Mau Mau, uh, Mia's Magic Playground, um, OKKO. Okay I mean, uh, now I'm not necessarily a, a consumer of those shows, but it really sucks. I think that, that uh, yeah. animation has just been decimated out there. And... I, you know, I want to get your take on this, Mark. It just seems like it, clearly it's a cost-cutting measure, but man, well, oh. yeah. You know, so, so this is like the same thing as like with like the Scoob sequel and yeah, like, that like we were, yep, um, where it's like more like kind of like tax write-off stuff. And so like one of the animators, the Marie Lum, had like what you're saying, like she had implored people to check out the stuff before it left the service, likely forever, which. And, like, the other thing, too, with a lot of these stuff is, like, it's essentially being, like, erased from existence. Because the other thing that was going on, too, is that they were uh, either removing, hiding, or, like, deleting altogether the videos related to any of these shows off of, like, YouTube. Uh, Like, 
uh, and like Cartoon Network related video stuff there too, since Cartoon Network's part of like the Warner Brothers, yeah, like family of stuff. And it's also you know like one, at least right now it's another one of those tabs of stuff that you can check out. That's one of those on hubs HBO on HBO yeah. Max. Yeah, which is probably smaller and smaller as they do this stuff. Um, but then like they've also gone back through like the like either the twitter accounts for like cartoon network or specifically for those shows and like either deactivated those accounts or deleted those tweets to, so it's a and like a lot of the stuff has only ever existed in streaming on the service so a lot of these you can't even like go out and buy like a dvd or blu-ray of them because they only exist within a digital platform and a lot of these aren't like you can't even like like say go to voodoo or itunes or places like that like Mm -hmm. because that was another place they were removing some of them too was there they removed some of these off of itunes so if you had already bought them on itunes that's the other thing i I, like try to i don't i don't i want to be like a physical media snob but like that's also another thing too is like when you're buying digital copies of stuff on anything like voodoo or itunes or whatever it may be you're not actually buying that film or tv show or whatever you're essentially long-term leasing it and store kind of sort of storing it which they can remove at any time they want yeah yeah so yeah which yeah like which people would have seen like over the past few years or so with like certain episodes of tv shows that got removed off of streaming surfaces so if you owned them that way there's no way for you to access those anymore yeah um but if you own the, the dvds of those shows you still have access to those episodes um but yeah like and then like in relation to this too like uh i had actually got in kind of a weird thing i had actually got sent like a review copy of this aquaman king of atlantis uh-huh. which got like lost through FedEx because I kept seeing it like almost coming to my house and then it got diverted somewhere else so I guess I'm just never meant to see you never meant to see Atlantis bummer because I eventually got a message saying that it just got sent back to like wherever it was getting sent from I was like alright it never even got to my house (laughs) but um, otherwise we would have talked about that on the show too like and like some of these shows were already like done too like uh, like that little Ellen show, I guess the, like, there's a whole, it was kind of the same thing as like Batgirl or uh, Scooper, like the entire like new season of that show was done um, but just just gone. Yeah. Um, but, and then some like it's related to this is that that, so a lot of the shows that were in development too uh, like the, you know, the J.J. Abrams, Bruce Timm, uh, Matt Reeves, uh, Batman Cape Crusader animated series that had been in development for a while that we had heard about uh, is no longer moving forward to HBO Max. But with some of these things, it's uh, not so much like they're canceled or shelved altogether like the other stuff that we had uh, talked about. Yeah. Uh, but they're at least being given the opportunity to shop them around to like other places like wherever it may be, like Netflix or... It would be kind of funny to see some of these on 
to like I don't know if they would buy like buy these to stream them, but like if like say Disney, yeah, by way of Hulu maybe because right. it, it would it would be weird to see like like a Batman thing like on a a streaming service that had Marvel stuff on it too. Um, but like we had talked about this a while back too, like the the Merry Little Batman uh, Christmas special they were doing. Yep. And then, like, the Looney Tunes specials they were doing, too. The yeah. The day the Earth blew up. And then we just talked about, like, this Bye Bye Bunny. Right. We just Looney talked Tunes about musical, it. Like, like, two or three months ago. And it's um, it's now, it's, you know, been scrapped, yeah. right? Or they're going to shop it, or who, right? Or who knows? And I don't even remember. I th- maybe we talked about this, too, but the did I do that to the holidays of Steve Urkel? Sorry. Now, now I want to see, a, like, an animated... <laughs> Steve, Steve Urkel. <laughs> I know. Um, and then there was also uh, the Amazing World of Gumball. The movie uh, was also being produced for HBO Max, but when I'll be shopped around, so it's like, you know, I just what are they gonna have left to? Yeah, have? <laughs> it's really gonna be interesting to see how this all pans out because uh, it all seems. I mean, clearly they're they're in major cost cutting mode, right? They're just yeah. slashing stuff. But I just wonder if there's also some other real thought and planning behind it, other than just the short term savings. You know, I, that's I guess that's something I guess we'll find out. Uh, yeah, over time. And it's kind of tangentially related to this. Uh, I didn't put it in the show notes, but it's just kind of worth mentioning too. Is that I also saw that Warner Brothers only had enough money to release two more films this year uh the don't worry darling and uh black adam interesting so so because of that like shazam shazam got moved got got moved to march yeah and aquaman Aquaman. got moved from that march date to to christmas Christmas, next year yeah so and then i saw like something else that they're doing like funeral screenings quote-unquote of some of too. these things like, like Batgirl. Batgirl and yeah. like Scoob <laughs> yeah which and then I saw like I don't know if we should even talk about this because it's like a rumor but like um one of the things that I saw was that here let me find it really quick was uh several sources suggested that Warners might make the drastic move of actually destroying its Batgirl footage as a way to demonstrate to the IRS that there will never be any revenue from the project, and thus it should be entitled to the full write-down immediately. Wow. Yeah. So, that's messed up. And then, like, the other the other thing I'm almost wondering is, like, is whatever the new combined uh, streaming service is, that, is it just going to be, like, Shark Week and Property Brothers with a random, uh, like, Batman animated movie? In there at Game of Thrones. I'm really confused about yeah how that how that's gonna come together. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, oh, don't forget the the 90 Day Fiance universe because that that was on. <laughs> that's right. Like the thing with the rest of their franchise. I was like, I didn't even know that was a universe. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Seriously, me too. Like, wow. Anyway, you know, I wish him well, but I sure. Uh, it just seems like it's just, it's, it's a bloodbath over there. Yeah. I think it's, it looks it sounds like it's going to continue to be, at least through the rest of the year, and wow, 
I I don't subscribe to Discovery Plus. I do you know I do subscribe to HBO Max. I wonder and yeah. you know I wonder what's just wonder what's going to happen, you know, to our subscriptions and and uh, what they're going to force on us. You know, all this programming I don't want, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, uh, it should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but with that, I'll let you take the the next bit of news about the the Simpsons. Yeah, so the Simpsons, uh, you know, the show. It's I, I guess the show's just going to go on, you know, in perpetuity, and and good for them. It's it's now season thirty four, coming up, which kind of again, it always it just blows my mind. <laughs> and uh, showrunner Matt Selman shared some new details about the upcoming season. Um, and they've got a funny, one of the things is this funny conceptual episode, sounds like it's in the works, that explains how the Simpsons know the future. Um, Selman, you said, you know, that it's a conceptual episode with lots of crazy stuff in it, but it does offer an explanation for how the Simpsons can predict the future. You know, this show has developed this reputation, um, I think, you know, kind of jokingly, but, you know, again, they, they nail some of this. For its ability to predict to predict the future, uh, you know, there are there more. I think kind of like creepy coincidences. <laughs> this article saying uh, that involves like there was a um, you know this episode in season four that managed to predict the COVID nineteen pandemic and also the rise of um, murder hornets all to, <laughs> all together. <laughs> so um, I think. For me, it's it's a creepy or kind of a funny, silly coincidence. But it I you know it will be entertaining to see how they, you know, how they choose to, you know, portray it. Um, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it will be funny. Um, yeah. So something like an episode that sees Homer uh, get into a conspiracy cabal while hunting down a, a missing turtle. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'll go ahead, Mark. Sorry, I was just gonna say. I remember, like, when Disney bought or did the the Fox merger a few years ago, like the the screen grab from an episode of The Simpsons that was going around where it showed like the 20th Century Fox logo, where it said like a like a Disney property or something. Yes, like that. exactly. <laughs> they, so, pre- they predicted that. Um. This article also states, and it was a good reminder. I, you know, I had forgotten that the Simpsons, the Simpsons was renewed for two more seasons last year. Jeez. Uh, and so, ensuring that the series will remain on the air until at least twenty twenty three, and dude, it's going to bring the total episode count to seven hundred and fifty seven. <laughs> so That's crazy. Anyway, yeah, it's 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 pretty great. Um, you know, I do like this the joke in the announcement where it said it's a sincere pleasure to announce the season 33 and 34 pickups for the Simpsons. We keep hoping that eventually they'll get it right. <laughs> I know, I that. That's a good, that's a good quote. Yeah. Well, and Mark, this is just as a quick tangent. I don't know if you've seen, uh, so I guess D 23. So he yeah, has in Disney 23 gold members yeah. that are going to the upcoming D 23 expo. It's in Anaheim next month. Uh, they get a poster that's that's designed by the Disney artist Eric Tan, who does some really you know Eric Tan does fantastic stuff. Have you seen that poster? Any prints of that poster? I can send you a, 
uh, oh, I have uh, a, a, a copy of it. I saw Eric Cannon posted it on his social media yesterday, but uh, it's got just stuff from all corners of the Disney Empire. Uh, nice. And and uh, in the upper corners, in one corner is Captain America Shield, and then in another corner is a Homer Simpson donut. <laughs> nice. uh, you know, that's that's very appropriate. Those are those are. Uh, it's just it's just, it is it's weird having the Simpsons. I think part of the Disney, uh, uh, you know, IP stuff. Yep. But it's also but it's great. It's funny. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then so like the last bit of our news this week, uh, I just wanted to touch on really quick. Uh, it's so the film came out in 2009 so it's now it's 12th anniversary because this year is the 10th anniversary of uh paranorman uh which that made me feel old i was like oh my goodness i remember side tangent to this was i remember like how much i was pushing paranorman just because of how excited i was for it with animation fascination uh back in 2012 and i think that was like the first time i ever got sent anything from like the studios because it's like they sent me the like the you know like norman slippers that he had and like oh, the toothbrush. Cool. you got some swag from a yeah. from the studio how fun that's so great it was like i think that was like one if not maybe the only time but i what a good what one to get just, yeah uh but anyways Coraline was uh they did a fathom event for it recently this past week and it was on over 800 screens, and it grossed over $800,000 in its one-day return to the theater. So that, because it was on 800 screens, that's basically 100000 per screen that it was on. That's so Which great. Is, that's, that's really awesome, especially that it's a, a 12-year-old film that, like, you know, you can, you can either buy on... Sure. Four, it's readily oh, actually, available. I don't think it's on 4K. Uh on well, regular Blu-ray or like digital or whatever, um, uh, but the fact that it's doing that it did so well again, I remember going to see this back when it came out too. And but it was like the like before they did like the newer kind of like 3D that they introduced with the Avatar films. Yeah. Um, it was it was still like the you know the synaptic, uh, like magenta and like blue kind of glasses mm-hmm. at that point because i remember when i when i first got the like the original version of the the blu-ray that it was that kind of a 3d blu-ray where it came with those glasses again on that and then i eventually got the actual 3d blu-ray for the 3d tv i had it all of the the Leica movies look fantastic in 3d which yeah that's like that's like the one real bummer of like 3D uh, like Blu-ray is not really being a thing anymore, or like 3D TVs. Um, I still have mine. Nice. So if you I can do, watch do it, you want Yeah, and it's it's the better kind of the 3D TV too. It's the passive 3D where it's like so like when you went to like AMC or Regal or whatever and you got the 3D glasses there, it's those it's just those glasses. It's not like those glasses that you'd have to, $300 glasses that you have to like charge, right? Put batteries in and stuff. It's just just the same glasses just those you wore. 3D the, the glasses. Yep. Which I liked anyways, because I would I would collect those like the special looking ones, like the Harry Potter ones, yeah. or or the Green Paranormal ones. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I think that's cool that it's uh, like the 
Uh, CEO of Fathomlands just said that they were excited to see fans come back to the theater to see Coraline. So I think that's cool, and that the fact that they're now if uh, Leica Films could just do this well when they're released all the time, because what kind of stinks about the studios that they've had to like shop around like who's distributing their movies like the past few years like between like Missing Link and like Kubo and whatnot uh but I believe uh it's they didn't time it appropriately for us so that we could talk about it on the the podcast tonight but uh I believe that tomorrow this is tomorrow yeah yeah that, that they were going to be uh, announcing the cast for Wildwood uh, which I'm looking forward to that. I'm always looking forward to a new uh, Leica film. And I've enjoyed all five of the ones that they've released so far. Uh, Paranorman's still my favorite, though. Uh, which one? Which one's your your favorite? Out I of think the par- five so far? Uh, Paranorman. Uh, I, I've been with you. They're all excellent. Uh, I thought yeah. Paranorman and maybe Kubo. Uh, I think is, is, is very good too, but yeah, Paranorman's hard to beat. Yeah, for me, for, I think for me, like, they're on like the same level and tier as like Pixar, where like, at least at this point, Leica has not had a miss. They've all been hits yeah, for me as far good. as like story quality. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, anything else they put out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that is going to do it for our news segments. And then we will be uh, back here in a second with our trailers. All right. And we are back to discuss the trailers for this week. Uh, So the first one we have is for season six of Rick and Morty. Uh, That's going to be coming out very, very soon. September 4th is when season six starts on Adult Swim. Uh, Now, I know you don't watch watch the show i don't uh, but i did watch the trailer but, and i'm familiar with yeah. the show and the you know the concept and and whatnot uh so the trailer the trailer was entertaining to me but i can't say that i could like really tell you what was happening <laughs> or, well i watch the show and i can't tell you what's happening sometimes because because what's it going on in it sometimes yeah, uh, yeah. now uh Side note: Did you now? Do you know like how Rick and Morty originated? Oh, Mark, I don't, or I don't, you know, I don't so, remember. Sorry. It it was originally done as a like a parody of Doc and Marty. Uh, Back to the Future, right? From Back to the Future, yeah. yeah so yeah, okay. And it and it was called Doc and Marty, and it was so that's why like Rick kind of looks like Christopher yeah. Lloyd. Yep. A little boy, and then. I don't know if you saw these. I think it was last year, but they did like those live action like promo ads for the show. Yes, and with and Christopher Lloyd played Rick in them. <laughs> and after that happened, I was like, I, I need a full length live action episode with that that Earth right. version right. of Rick as Christopher Lloyd. And Christopher Lloyd did a great job playing Rick in in that commercial too. So. That was such a fun idea. I thought that was really really funny. Uh so in this trailer like it kind of shows like a whole bunch of stuff that's going to be happening in season six uh it looks like there's uh it picks up some storylines from like the past few seasons that are in here because uh 
like again I know that like you don't watch but they're like the like Beth there's a whole clone of her in it so it looks like that storyline comes back in here um, there's some other stuff going on with with this as well I just I like a lot of the stuff that they that they do in the show like with like how subversive it is to like different stories and stuff it looks like there's gonna be like kind of like a diehard type episode in this season uh and it looks like there's like more like season uh like kind of stories with uh almost kind of like a magic school bus where like they go into like the anatomy of somebody like within this season as well yeah and one of the things i noticed in a few of the shots is that um the uh what's his name which is kind of funny that i'm forgetting what his name is because everybody makes fun of the, the character in the show uh the uh jerry uh, who's voiced by Chris Parnell. It looks like he's, like, wearing um, Morty's, like, clothes at a bunch of yeah. different times Yeah. In the, in the trailer. So I'm wondering what that's all about. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's actually Morty that got turned in to a Jerry or whatnot. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it could be interesting, and it's totally possible within the, like, the realm of that show for that to happen. Uh, but the... Like, was there anything that stood out to you in that trailer? Like, not like being like familiar with like some of the stuff that happened, just stuff know, that like looked crazy. To it, you? it all, I thought it all looked crazy. You know, looks like there's a lot of action going on, lots of like falling out of the sky and car chases or crashes, or whatever. I thought it was interesting um, how uh, his arms were coming off, or he could like replace his arms. Oh yeah, like he general grievous grievous it at one point. They'll probably make a joke about that too in the episode. They'll probably okay. be like, "All right, it's time to general grievous." Okay, this. I was wondering, is that like, you know, a skill that's already been, you know, <laughs> already been revealed? They've kind of, they've kind of shown it before in this in a few like seasons where like he's got a bunch of bionic implants. So he's he's almost essentially like Inspector Gadget. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. But yeah, so yeah, there's some crazy stuff in there, and I noticed that like one point they're like in a Panda Express too, so, and it's like straight up like a Panda Express, like with the logo and everything in there. <laughs> so, it should be it should be interesting to see what they do within this season. They usually are pretty clever with like the stories that they write for it. So, I will be looking forward to it, and when it comes out. Uh, but then the next trailer, which I. I said to you earlier today off mic, which I thought was kind of funny because uh, last episode we discussed Game of Thrones, Pinocchio, yes. animated film, and then this trailer dropped today for the Disney Plus uh, quote unquote live action remake retelling of their version of Pinocchio uh, that's going to be coming to Disney Plus on September 8th. And uh, I can't take full credit for it because I saw like another Twitter account post something similar to this, but I shared the the trailer as as the Animation Fascination podcast on Twitter, and on there because it said the beloved classic comes to life, and I was like, well, I mean, it also came to life in the classic 1940 in and 1940, film as well. yeah, yeah, but. 
Good. Someone else said that too, uh, pretty much verbatim. But uh, also, when I shared the poster, I kind of tongue in cheek said, "Not to be confused with at Pinocchio movie on Twitter," because that's the Guillermo del Toro uh, Twitter account for that movie. Because <laughs> I already saw somebody in the the comments of like that poster post on the Disney account saying, "Isn't Guillermo del Toro directing this?" Oh yeah. So it's gonna be. It's it's weird how this happens so many times with like Armageddon, Deep Impact, or yeah, it's just like just so many are competing so many other studios, times. yeah, or making yeah. the same movie or you're very like, similar, yeah. Yeah, I think like those two Hercules movies came out like within the same year. Oh yeah, right. And I think there's even like two Tart or oh, and then the the Andy Circus Mowgli movie and the and Disney Jungle Disney Book Jungle Book. Movie. Yeah, the, and it's, it's like always weird, like the synchronicity yeah. timing. Yeah, there's probably some like scientific uh, term or method to that about it, but uh, I'm gonna let you talk about this trailer a bit and like your thoughts about it really quick. Yeah, well, so well, I pull behind the curtain and, and watch it for that's the that's right. Mark's gonna watch it. And we get a live reaction. You know, the Walt Disney Company is hell bent on. Uh, remaking everyone, other animated classics, seems like. And so uh, we're getting this one of Pinocchio, directed by Robert Zemeckis, and uh, starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto. And then Pinocchio is actually, you know, clearly a CGI character uh, integrated into uh, a live action or a photorealistic uh, environment. And Pinocchio looks like the Pinocchio from the 1940 uh, animated uh, feature. So that is, you know, in and of itself kind of interesting. It looks like uh, there's a lot of the same characters we see from this trailer. Um, you know, there's Stromboli. Uh, there's uh, Honest John and and, and, and uh, Gideon. Um, Jiminy Cricket, of course. And those characters all look a little different, even though clearly you can tell uh, tell who they are. One thing that actually looked a little promising, and I'm not going to want to give it too much credit, but I thought like with Honest John and with Gideon, they weren't just like these dead-faced animals like we got in uh, that horrific Lion King um, CGI remake. At least I thought it was horrific. But this one... They look like they have some emotion, you know, that they, they, they really are animated. Again, I'm not trying to necessarily compliment this movie. Um, for me, I'm just taking a real wait and see stance on it. I think Robert Zemeckis is such a fine director, and of course, who can never, you know, who can forget what animation fan can forget who framed Roger Rabbit, which is one of the best, but then um, all that motion capture stuff that Robert Zemeckis did, I didn't really care for, like the Polar Express and that. Jim Carrey Christmas Carol adaptation and all of those were just direct. So um, anyway, we'll we'll see. This is going straight to Disney Plus, and yeah. uh, in fact, it's, as Mark mentioned, it's on September eighth, which is Disney Plus Day, which is where yeah. they're just going to be dumping so much content, which is you know is a fun idea. I think yeah. that's fun. All right, Mark, what's your take, uh, my friend? Thought it was interesting. Um, 
I, I'm curious, especially because they do show Pleasure Island in the, the trailer. I made a joke to you earlier where, where I was like, I was like, it should be interesting to, to see the, the body horror uh, scenes of, of little kids getting turned into, turned into donkeys. donkeys. Cause all I can picture is like the, uh, the film, the Landis film, the American werewolf in London. But I'm picturing that, but like little boys turning into donkeys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm like I'm sure they'll they'll cover it up with a bunch of like like pixie dust like going on the screen as like they transition from like a little boy into a donkey. Yeah. Um, and I'm also sure they'll probably take out Pinocchio chugging a beer and smoking, and smoking a cigar. A cigar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, then they have to make them do something else that's equally as bad right maybe they'll just focus on the vandalism you know yeah uh, the debauchery the uh you know i'm looking at a cast list and lampwick is listed so i uh my guess is that they're gonna have some representation of that i mean that as yeah. a kid just i mean i think even as an adult it's still those that is one frightening scene that was so well crafted yeah. You know. That dude never gets a comeuppance either. No, like that, like it just happens, and then they go on to the next scene with Monstro, the Weld, and that like. Yeah, we never see, we never hear from him again. Maybe they'll. Yeah. Maybe they'll ask. Maybe. Also, I, I didn't think about that until just now. I was like, wow, yeah, nothing ever happens to yeah, that guy. That's a good point. Looking at this cast list, too, Mark, they've got some new characters. I mean, I noticed. Uh, there's a, there's a, a like a ballerina marionette. Uh, oh yeah. As you know, part of Stromboli's show, there's a, there's a, a, a seagull, um, a scuttle. No, I'm kidding. It's some other seagull that's oh, yeah. that's uh, that's there talking to Jiminy Cricket, and, um, anyway, it says there's another character named Signora Vitelli, a new character created for the film. I don't know if we got to look at at Signora Vitelli. In the trailer, um, possibly or not, but uh, you know, Blue Fairy's in there. Luke Evans plays the coachman, and I don't. Maybe there was just a glimpse of the coachman. Maybe because I know that there was a coach with the little kids on it. You know, with uh, some kind of. But yeah. um, but anyway, so Joe Gordon Levitt does does the voice of Jiminy Cricket, which I'm excited yeah, about. Yeah, I think I that, like, that was a good. I like him. It's a good choice. Yeah, I, and one of the lines I liked in there too was, um, "Why be real when you can be famous?" I was like, "Oh, so pretty much a bunch of that's like a that's more or less kind of like nowadays with like how you know yeah um, yeah like influencers and You're right as you just uh, say these social media influencers right like, Instagram and like, yeah but. Uh, the other thing I liked in there was, um, where was it? Or now, is is the coachman actually Gaston? Yeah, it's Luke it's Evans. A it's, it's, it's a crossover. It's Luke Evans. Oh, is he actually Gaston? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess we'll maybe we'll find out. It's it's a it's, crossover. It's you know, it's 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 a universe. It's a new. It's a new. <laughs> this is actually the backdoor pilot to that. The Lafou Gaston oh, show that the show got they got canned, <laughs> like like and remember that was like three days after they announced like a like a, someone getting cast in yes. it too. 
<laughs> it was so Thor. weird. Yeah, it was yeah. All these... very reminiscent of like the the Warner Brothers. I was say, it uh, sounds Disney like Sco- it's a page out of the Warner Brothers Discovery uh, playbook. Yeah. yeah. So. But. Yeah, I I mean I'll check this out. I I do like the how it looks in here. Um, it is basically just a a ver like basically it's like a CG character version of the Pinocchio design from the 1940 yep. animated film and more or less the same thing for Jiminy Cricket kind of sort of like he he, he does look closer to like a cricket yeah but still you know I stylized a little more elongated yeah 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 and I do like how they uh, do have uh, Figaro and uh, yeah. Gold, Goldie in there as well too and I think Tom Hanks looks pretty good as Geppetto in there too, so you know I'll check this. I'll so, definitely check it yeah, out. Yeah, I mean I'll for, I'll for sure watch it, and I'll probably just be snarky throughout. But I but hopefully it's good. You know I, um, I I'm sure I bore every listener with this mark, but I you know I think it's unfortunate given the uh, creativity and the deep pockets that are at the at the Walt Disney Company and. All they choose to do are remake their animated classics. I think that's just so stupid. But then they're, you know, they're being stupid all the way to the bank with a billion dollars, you know, every time when yeah. they put out one of these. So I think Yeah, you can't you can't knock it if knock them for it if they keep they keep making, making money, money. You know, it, so. Mulan got kind of sidetracked because of COVID, but I, I really yeah. think Mulan would have made a billion dollars if 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 uh the world didn't shut down, you know, the week that it was supposed yeah. to open. Uh, um, but anyway, it's, it is what it is. And uh, let's hope, let's hope that they've done a good job. I'm glad it's, I think, I think this is a good project for Disney plus, you yeah. know, and, uh, and uh, kind of similar to like when uh, Disney plus debuted a couple of years ago with uh, the lady, that the lady in the tram. Kind of, yeah. Same in, like in the same vein. Yep. Uh, but yeah, going from there, that's our trailers, and then that's going to bring us to our last segment before we get to our reviews for the week, our recommendations. So, uh, mine, it's not animated. Uh, it's just something that I've been catching up on recently, mostly because I, I never got around to uh, this season for whatever reason, uh, when it was still on Netflix. Um, and... Uh, but I've been catching up on it just because I know that the character is going to be showing up in She-Hulk at uh, some point this season. So I kind of wanted to catch up on it because of that. And I'm just, I just like the, the fan of the character. And I haven't said what I'm watching yet, but it's season three of uh, Daredevil oh, yeah. on Disney+. Nice. Plus. Uh, I'm almost done with the season, but I've, I've been really enjoying it. Uh, you know, with Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock, Daredevil in there, and then... Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin, uh, Wilson Fisk. Um, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Cox showed up in No Way Home last year. Yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely going to go check out the the more fun stuff version of No Way Home. I think Me next week too. It comes it's out. next weekend, isn't it, when it comes out? Yeah. Yeah. And that's technically the first time that Charlie Cox has appeared on a Marvel Studios, like, movie poster, so... Hopefully it's not the the last time he's on a Marvel Studios movie poster either. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, between like that and then like he's gonna be in the uh, Spider-Man Freshman Year animated series as well as gonna be in his own series, The Daredevil Born Again. 
Um, and then being in She-Hulk, I definitely wanted to catch up and finally finish this because I had heard season three was great. Uh, but yeah, so that's what my recommendation is for this week. I'm glad. Uh, and if you haven't watched it yet either, check it out. Yeah, I'm really glad you enjoyed that, Mark. I watched it on Netflix, and I haven't I haven't rewatched any of these yet on Disney Plus, but uh, that's some good that's some good stuff. I I, I really yeah. thought Dare, the Daredevil the Daredevil Devil series in particular was really really good. Uh, yeah. I didn't watch. I watched. I think I watched all of Jessica Jones too. I'm not sure I watched all of of uh, yeah. Anyway, Luke Cage, etc. I, I, I digress, but I'm with you. Good call. That's 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 great stuff. I'm glad. Yeah, you're I basically it. watched up up through the Defenders, like with the, oh yeah, you know the, the Mer- and then I hadn't watched past that. So like the, you know the Punisher or like the other seasons of the shows that came after that too. So, so Mark, I picked a really random one. Um, I picked although it's connected to the WB Discovery stuff. Uh. In a in a way, so which I want which I want to hear. So uh, you'll have to, because I'm not sure I know that. But uh, Wizard, I picked I picked a movie called Wizards. I have been I don't know if we've talked about this, Mark, but uh, this I pick a I try to do a movie watching project every year where I pick either a genre or you know just a group of movies that I want to watch to do a bit of a deep dive into you know either yeah. a particular star or a director or genre silly what it is this year i picked just the movie studio 20th century fox uh you know just being the disney nut that i am with with disney now owning fox i just thought it'd be interesting to i picked i did a lot of research and i picked a hundred which i felt were representative movies of from from the entire history of of 20th century fox when they formed in 1935 to when they were purchased by disney in 2019 you know when that finally came through so i'm right now and i've and i've and i've done it in chronological order i watch about two movies a week again there are 100 movies so i've just and i've been able to keep up pretty well for the most part with with my schedule uh maybe a lot of late night movie watching you know <laughs> trying to sneak stuff in and uh maybe it's why i'm not watching as many tv shows you know because i'm trying to get in all these 20th century fox films but oh, yeah. this uh I've been in the late 70s right now. And in 1977, uh, 20th Century Fox released a little movie called Star Wars, you know, which, which uh, was really, you know, interesting. And that was a movie that they took a real risk on, you know, uh, opening, opening because George Lucas was really still a re- relative unknown, even though THX 1138 was a real, you know, critical darling and, and American Graffiti, too. But um, still... They also released a film by Ralph, an animated film from Ralph Bakshi, sorry, (laughs) tongue tied, and uh, called Wizards. And it's the weirdest movie, but I was so happy to watch it. Have you ever, have you ever seen it before? I didn't even, Mark, I didn't even know it existed. I have not, but I do remember seeing it on the shelf at Blockbuster. At Blockbuster, yeah. When I worked there for seven and a half years. Yeah. And. The only other thing I know about it is that it's the other movie from 1977 with Mark Hamill in it. <laughs> right, I was going to say, Mark Hamill is a voice in this, and, and you know, which I didn't know either, Mark, because I thought, yeah. I really, I mean, in, you know, in, in my uned, uneducated brain about this, 
I thought like uh, Batman, the animated series, was kind of like where Mark Hamill really took off. But no, he started he started his voice acting career early. You know, even before he made pretty much at the same time. Yeah, as um, on screen. So Ralph Bashke, see, and I I only knew his work. The first thing that comes to mind for me is Fritz the Cat. Which was the first X-rated you know, oh, an- yeah. animated cartoon or animated feature, you know that um, was released. But this one is, it, it was his first fantasy film. He then the following year, ba- Bakshi uh, and, and his team, they did a Lord of, a version of Lord of the Rings. Uh, I don't oh, know if yeah, you've ever seen that that feature, yeah. but and I rented this on iTunes, so you know easy to find, but. It's a, it's it's a real trip. It's 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 a it's a post-apocalyptic movie with um, fairies and elves and a whole bunch of weird kind of rotoscoping that that, that Ralph Bashy likes to do and this old kind of this like this battle between good and evil between these two twin brothers that don't look anything alike. But um, one looks like Skeletor and the other one looks like Bilbo Baggins, kind of thing, with a wizard's hat. Um, anyway, it's 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 a trip. If you watch it, I would love to hear, you know, uh, anyone's take to take on this movie. But it it's one of those movies that I can't say that I loved it, but it, it kept my interest the whole time because it was just so weird. Uh, yeah, really interesting animation, particularly in, like where the evil wizard lives. Uh, really cool kind of pencil drawings i don't know it kind of almost reminded me of like of mc escher or some kind of really you know very detailed very detailed drawings and 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 actually some really gorgeous animation along with some stuff that looks like it's just kind of pulled from a hanna barbera saturday morning cartoon so it runs <laughs> it runs the gamut but but uh, it was interesting it was interesting to me and uh, and really a fun addition to my to my 20th century fox um, retrospective project very cool and uh what i said earlier that was my mistake for some reason when i read the title i even though it says wizards in my head i wrote it as witches oh <laughs> so that that's that's what i was thinking because that was another one of the we talked about robert zemeckis a, a moment ago with pinocchio but that was a robert zemeckis yep remake uh that just got pulled off of Got pulled off of HBO Max. Yep. So who knows where that'll be watched. Uh, But yeah. So uh, that's going to do it for our recommendations, our trailers, and our news for the week. Uh, We will be back in a moment after you hear this trailer for the Skydance animation (laughs) film. Sylvie says too. Skydance animation film. Uh, Luck. Uh, we'll be back in a moment with that, and you'll hear a little bit more actually about Sylvia's experience with this movie, too. So we'll be back in a moment. I blame bad luck for everything that's gone wrong in my life. You sure have bad luck, Sam Greenfield. Ugh, take that, universe. Oh, until I found I an actual lucky penny. All right, and that was the trailer for the Skydance animation film Luck, uh, that just came out recently on August second on twenty twenty two of twenty twenty two, or sorry, rather August fifth. My, my mistake. I was looking at the Madrid premiere date, 
Uh, but it yeah it got released in the United States on August fifth of twenty twenty two on Apple TV Plus, uh, and and a few select theaters. Did you get Did you watch it at home or did you watch it in a theater? I watched it at home, and you know Mark, I don't know. I mean, it could have been playing at a theater here in Salt Lake City, but I, I'm I, I'm not sure that it it made it to the theater. But I for sure I, I for sure watched it on TV. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, and so. Yeah, this just came out this year, um, within like like the past few weeks or so, um, and then the cast of the film uh, includes uh, Eva uh, Nobelzada uh, as the the main character, uh, Sam, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then S- Simon Pegg played Bob, a Scottish uh, black cat who becomes Sam's partner. For the journey, uh, Jane Fonda as Babe, which is like this uh, big female dragon who acts kind of as like the CEO of Good Luck. Um, Whoopi Goldberg is the captain, uh, like a leprechaun, uh, basically like the head of security for the Land of Luck. Uh, Flua Borg uh, as Jeff, a German-accented unicorn. <laughs> uh, uh, Lore, Little Rel Howery as Marvin, uh, Sam's like a beat boss who runs an arts and craft shop. Uh, Colin O'Donohue as Jerry Leprechaun who works with Bob. Uh, I recognize Colin O'Donohue as, uh, if, if you've ever watched Once Upon a Time uh, on ABC, he was Captain Hook in that. Oh, okay. Um, and then he was also in the Right Stuff uh, National Geographic that National series. Okay. Uh, but his birthday is also January 26th, just like mine. Just so like yours. Dude. And then... This seems to be uh, a holdover with uh, John Lasseter being at Skydance now was uh, uh, John Rassenberger was in this as well as Rudy, a root monster who runs a tiki bar. He hasn't been in Pixar movies for a while. Yeah, so, so. I, I guess I guess he was the the Lasseter connection then, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gray Del- Delisle uh, was Mrs. Rivera at the the Penny Depot boss, uh, and then a whole bunch of other people in the movie as well. Uh, but so like the, the basic concept of this was kind of like Sam has like more or less like really bad luck. Um, uh, and she has aged out of the, the girl's home she was in from being adopted. Uh, she's, uh, more or less kind of like a big sister to, uh, do you, do you remember what the I believe her name was name? Hazel. Oh, it was Hazel. Yeah, okay. It was uh, more or less kind of like a big sister to Hazel, in it. and so her, like her whole thing is that she's wanting to make sure that she can give uh, like this good luck, or give good luck to her for one day, so that a visit that she has uh, can go well, and that she can be adopted and not age out like sh- she did as well. Um, and then along the way. Bob uh, passes her by, uh, like as she's you know just out eating her dinner one night, and she's uh, a kind person, so she shares her panini with him. And when she does that, he accidentally leaves his lucky penny behind, which more or less starts like uh, our story underway. Now. Uh, what what did you what did you think about the like the movie overall like the animation like the story uh, like the humor and stuff like that? I thought that the movie was cute. It 
you know, I, I thought the animation was was solid. I didn't think that anything was necessarily like so incredibly clever. Like I was just wowed by it, like I was with some Pixar features, particularly to me, like in the real heyday with um, Wally, Ratatouille, and Up. You know, um, yeah. But uh, nevertheless, it's. It, 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 it's it, I thought it I, yeah just cute, heartwarming. I mean, and don't get me wrong, it was clever. You know, all the stuff in the in the luck world, and I think it was funny I, that they got Jane Fonda you know, to be a voice, and yeah. And, and, and yeah, the voice cast Which, delivered. I thought. Interesting side note to the Jane Fonda casting was that Emma Thompson was originally hired to voice, uh, or. Which I'm not sure if it was the dragon. Yeah, but she, she was, was on the project. Yeah, yeah, to voice the character, but then left the project after after John Lasseter, Lasseter was hired got as, hired. Skydance Animation. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what like what were some of your, your favorite things that like about the movie? Well, so I thought that uh, you know I like the character. I, mean, I I guess I like the characters of Sam and Bob a lot. Yeah. I thought that there they had you know a, a, a good relationship, and of course, I mean, dude, it's Simon Pegg. You know, I mean, we love Simon. Yeah, Simon Pegg. Pegg's great. So in anything, and so uh, that that was a great. I thought an excellent casting choice. Uh, and again, I I love the picture of, of you know that she posted of Sylvie <laughs> when, oh, when yeah. Bob shows. Up. What did Sylvie yes. bark bark or what, what was she? Yeah, so after. I'm, I'm going to edit together a video because it, it was from both movies that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Um, was so, yeah, while we were watching Luck, I I don't remember if it was before I paused it or after. I, I had to pause it for a moment and it was like right on a shot where like the entire screen was Bob and she jumped down because uh, she she's, sits on this couch that I record these. Uh, um, with um but she like sits on the couch here with me and so i paused it and she she's like oh wait what and jumps down and she gets up like on her like back her feet high and, legs like it's she's essentially standing on just like two feet and is <laughs> like just like looking at him like what are you doing in my space yeah and i i think that she, she barked at him because i or she at least whimpered because, but yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna edit together like a sh like a shorter video, of it because she is just kind of standing there like watching. Yeah. And I just thought it was fun because she's like engaging. With, like she's like engaging with, the movie while I was watching it, and like her head was moving like back and forth with like characters and whatnot, during it, and. I just thought that was funny, but yeah, like I, I'm showing Stanford right now. We're recording, but yeah, there's the where she's standing on her her hind legs with Bob on the screen. <laughs> I had a that's so yeah. good, but and then uh, like you and I said, I had shared that like in saying that we were going to be talking about this on the podcast, and then retweeted it as the podcast's account and. Uh, Skydance Animation actually responded to that yeah. and said that 
that the photo was adorable, so I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. I was so happy they responded. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and like like you're saying, I I really liked the the characters of of Sam and and Bob mm-hmm. in this. I thought they they're both had these uh, really well done arcs in that. Uh, I liked how the animation was was done. It was because this was like one of the first animated films that like on Apple TV Plus besides uh, the Cartoon Saloon Wolfwalkers yeah film as well too. So it's it's not so much that Apple TV is. Um, producing like the animated films whereas they're more or less kind of like just distributing distributing yeah they've got this distribution deal with skydance and yeah and uh yeah so yeah which is like a it's part of like the the same company that you know like produced top gun maverick recently just like their skydance and then skydance animation uh like and this one was kind of animated all over the place yeah didn't they have three animated. main animation studios, Mark? Yeah, Skydance Animation Madrid, uh, also in Los Angeles, and Connecticut. And Connecticut, too. yeah. So, and then portions of it were done remotely during because uh, of during the pandemic. The pandemic, as well, too. and so which, yeah, and and like the interesting thing too is like some of the people that were brought on to this too, uh, like in addition to to Lassiter was that the um, other people that had kind of come over from like Disney were uh, Peggy Holmes, who had directed the Tinkerbell Secret of the Wings film, uh, and let's see, that's right. I... Yeah, and then and yeah, she also did the Pirate Ferry, um, and then Keel uh, Murray, who was a screener for Cars and Cars Three, uh, also was hired to rewrite the screenplay. So I'm sh- I'm sure. Uh, a certain person with the initials JL had some poll with like absolutely getting hired on to the movie too. Yeah. Uh, so overall, like for story wise, what did you think? Like it's, I thought it was, I thought it was well done. It's like, like you said, it's nothing kind of like, you know, groundbreaking. It's, but it's kind of like, like Monsters Inc by way of Wreck-It Ralph, by way of, uh, like, Rise of the Guardians? Yes, exactly. I think that, Mark, that is, like, the perfect <laughs> description of, because uh, it does, it really has these components from all these, all these different movies. Because in a way it was, in a way it was original and so somewhat fresh, but then in a way it was also like, kind of derivative too. Just just as you you had mentioned with, uh, from these other, these other films, I think, and you know, and who knows, I know that one of the things that I felt that John Lasseter was really good at was making sympathetic characters, you know, yeah. characters that you really felt something for and. And you really feel that way for, for Sam. You know, you're just rooting. You're just rooting yeah. for her for the whole movie because she's she's not annoying or anything. I mean, she's just she's just a really earnest, you know, good good character who's 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 uh, who's got some, yeah who's got like extremely bad yeah luck, who's but, like, yeah doesn't doesn't really let that like deter her like outlook on life at all yeah. 
pretty cool too. I think what it made me hopeful for is that, you know, Skydance is going to be a good animation studio, and that, and that we can yeah. look forward to some, some good and some competitive, you know, films from them that are going to make everybody step up their game. You know, uh, uh, and and. Uh, Good for them that they got that distribution deal on Apple TV because, as you said, there's not a lot of you know original animated features on Apple TV like like there is uh, and coming to Netflix. You know, if they all didn't get canceled with this latest kind of purge that you know happened at Netflix too. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's. What about you? What was your you know? What did you think of the the, the, the story and of the animation? I thought of, uh, yeah, like we kind of said, I like I liked. I, I think my biggest takeaway was not so much that it was like a super original story, but that uh, I liked how character driven it was mm-hmm. with, uh, like with Sam and Bob, and um, I did I did like Colin O'Donohue's character a lot too. Yes, uh, I did Jerry. too. Although, like, I kept thinking that, like, for some reason, like, he was, like, a secret bad guy. Like, I don't know if... I know, right? If that was just, like, how he was animated. Yeah. But, like, I kept... I kept waiting. I was, like... Like, this reveal. Yeah, and, like, the way he was answering stuff, or, like, they were, like, holding on him. I was, like, is he... Is, like, he... Does he have, like, some, like, alternative... Mo-? And then it, like, never came, so, it, like, oh. Yeah. Like, never materialized. I guess, uh, I guess maybe I'm just used to like you know like that hidden kind of like third act right villain twist from like from recent Disney. We films. get that a lot from yeah that's that's happening a lot of Disney. <laughs> so, well, and then the fact that like Lasseter was on this after having done a bunch of those, I was like, yeah. So that's kind of why I was waiting for that to like happen. But and then like even kind of like, uh, uh, Hugo Borg's. Uh, Jeff, the German accented unicorn, kind of reminded me of um, what's his name from uh, Frozen. Oh, in the what's his what's his name? You know the the dude like in the sweat house. Um. Uh. Yeah, that guy. Um, you know, what, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know about? exactly who you're talking about. Uh, the um. Yeah. Ah, that's gonna drive me crazy. But I know exactly what you mean. Which is which is funny in a roundabout way because Colin O'Donoghue being on Once Upon a Time was in the season where they had the Frozen characters that were very distinctly the Walt Disney Animation version of the Snow Queen characters on the show. So it's kind of funny, like in a roundabout way, that he went from yeah. being on a Disney produced <laughs> TV show into an animated film uh, produced by Lasseter with other. I don't know. It's just, Kind of funny, um, but yeah, okay, like I, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. That's 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 who who uh, Jeff reminded me of was of Oaken from <laughs> from 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 Frozen. Frozen. Yeah, I, I did like the this play on all of like the like the luck superstitions and stuff. Yes, too. those were those and those like, those were funny. On uh, like the different types of luck. Uh, right place, right time, and they're like, "Oh, that you, you guys seem to like that one." I was like, "I don't know if I if I like that one because that that one makes me bummed out a lot of times." Is is that you have to be at the right place at the right time for 
I mean, at least specifically for like the type of career that I want, that seems to be exactly more or less the measure and then having the other stuff that you need to be able to do it. But yeah, it first has to be that. Um, and then like they had like the whole department of like dog poop in the, the bad luck thing and like some of it and like i thought it was funny like sam's like even like making fun like she's like man that is a a lot of departments just for dog poop and like and then she's when she's reading them off and she's like oh, that's like very descriptive yeah <laughs> but i was like I, I, I guess somebody had like fun writing like that yeah like, like all thinking of all these stuff. things yeah that happen in our in life that yeah yeah and i and i remember one of the posters that came out for this a lot of people asked questions about like why a certain thing was going on in it because in it sam has stepped on gum but the way that it's stuck to her foot and her foot's moving it looks like the gum jumped up and hit her foot oh. or that she or that she's walking backwards and so, because I had, I think I had a few people ask me, like, if she was just walking backwards on the poster. So I, I looked it up, and uh, walking backwards is actually a superstition uh, for uh, good luck, I believe. So I, it's subtle, uh, or no, it's considered. Uh, was it bad luck or sorry uh superstitions vary from culture to culture all over the world in portugal many people believe that walking backwards brings bad luck um so i think it, it's maybe a very subtle thing because i mean i guess not a lot of people would know that about the superstition necessarily but because she's walking backwards in and with the way that the gun would be stuck to her foot in that poster would lend into the fact of how unlucky her yeah. the character is. So I, I guess that's one way to explain that poster. I don't know if that was intentional, but if if that is, that's, that is a, a nice little subtle reference to that. Because... Um, I don't And I liked all that stuff too, like with like the, like the luck dragon and they had like the, you know, like the waving... Uh, like lucky cat stuff, you know, like the lucky penny, <laughs> yeah. the clover, yeah, the penny, and the, yeah, um, the leprechauns, leprechauns, you know, yeah, and then how Scottish uh, black cats are actually considered lucky. Yep. Uh, but uh, English black cats are not. Considered are not. Lucky. That's that's all I'll that's, say because I don't want to. Don't want to spoil it too much, right? <laughs> but yeah, but but yeah, you know who's you, you know who's doing the voice of of Bob, but Simon Pegg did also play scotty in star trek so he got to do a scottish accent again <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah well uh, but yeah uh, the the one one of the kind of last things with this too was uh, i liked the cover that they did of of lucky star in this too well, that know, they kind of did twice in here I, they kind of that kind of hooked me in because you know I, I mean i love 80s i love 80s music and that they they, they and they did a Madonna cover. <laughs> it was so great. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, really, yeah, that 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 instantly hooked me. Yeah. And the other thing that was interesting with this too is that this film, I guess, was originally um, being done with uh, Paramount Animation, uh, and then back in around in 2019, uh, 
because they were doing that in Spellbound, uh, and then they just they were going to be released by Paramount Pictures, but without the Paramount Animation brand, and then Apple TV came in and acquired the distribution rights to, to both films. Yeah, uh, last year. So uh, I think Spellbound is supposed to come out. Is next it next year, year or is it twenty twenty four? But that's the one with yeah, Alan right. music from Alan Menken. Yeah. So. I don't know much be, else about it. Do you know much else? Do you know much about Spellbound, Mark? Not really. Yeah. Uh, and the last bit on here is that, like, I, th- I think you and I were like generally positive on this. I, th- I think we both gave it like three out of five yeah. stars on on our letterboxed accounts. Yeah. I uh, saw that. Now I'm not really like a huge purveyor of Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a lot of people use it as a way to aggregate stuff. Um, but on there, it looks like it's at 49% of, but it's only also reviewed by 92 critics too. Yeah. Which is so it's interesting. So it's not that big of a group of people. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like the way that they aggregate the score on there too. Like someone could say something slightly negative in their good review. And that could be considered a negative review. Yeah. Of the right. Thing. And, and likewise, it could be split the other way around where they could say something positive and negative review and that could be considered so um unless it's a i'm trying to figure out the way to phrase it like unless it's a a film that's not being targeted by certain groups of people to review bomb it Mm -hmm. um like like she hulk or miss marvel or things like that uh I would generally say to take a look at the audience score for movies on there. Yeah. Because that's usually closer to... I thought that's more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say that, like, critic scores are bad on there, but I would say more so if you're going to follow a critic review, find a group of, like, critics that you like the reviews that they write. Yeah. Just look up their stuff on their their own website. Rather than getting the aggregate. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, was there anything else you wanted to say about luck before we move on you know, to uh... Mark, I guess not that I want to beat a dead horse, but you know it's it's interesting that John Lasseter is continuing to work. I hope that this is you know, sounds like this is a, a good gig for him. He did I read one interview that he that he gave I think it was in the Hollywood Reporter. I'm not 100% sure. But I was wondering how high profile he would be. And I felt like he was low profile, uh, you know, in the with the media, uh, uh, you know, blitz on, on, on this for this release. And I just wonder if that's maybe just going to be the case. And also, you know, his name just wasn't all over the credits. I mean, he had a credit, but it wasn't just yeah. like... You know, and the poster said from like the vision, right? <laughs> they didn't have his mind, name on uh, it. Toy Story anywhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. I and hope... side note, with that too, I noticed in the uh, the Industrial Light and Magic docu series on Disney Plus, when they got to like the Pixar kind of era of like where that first formed at ILM, um, with like with Ed Catmull and him. Uh, they kind of they mentioned him really quick and then just kind of moved on from there. Yeah. And Ed, and Ed Catmull's in the in that documentary uh, for a few episodes. So, like, 
if they if they had wanted to include him, they they would have. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, hopefully, hopefully this will be a good, you know, kind of third or fourth act for Lassiter and and uh, and it's, and again, this sounds you know, hopefully this is going to be good stuff from the studio uh, over time. Yeah. yeah. But going from there, uh, we're going to play you the audio now for the trailer for DC League of Super Pets. So here's that, and we'll be back in a moment. I have an owner, and he's Superman. Let me just iron that out. They should call me Iron Man. <laughs> no. My dog's the best, but he's not the greatest with other animals. What is new with you, fellow normal dog? I bit the FedEx guy the other day. Who was he working for? General Zod? The Legion of Doom? FedEx. Of course. The Federation of Exes. Not to be trusted. All right, and that was the trailer for Warner Animation Group's uh, DC League of Super Pets film. And so this film came out back in July in theaters around the end of July. July was it July, was 29th, it July 29th? I think, yeah. Yeah, and... Weirdly, it's already uh, available yeah. on like a, a premium VOD. Uh, that's so. That's how I watched it. I wasn't able. I, I really wanted to go see this in the theater, but I wasn't able to get to the theater to see. It. I know you did. I see saw it in the in theater. The yeah, I had a private screening. Uh, nice. Yeah. Not on purpose, but yeah. Nobody else showed although, up. <laughs> so. Although, yeah, like you and I had discussed, it's. Like, it's not weird to go see an animated film as, like, an adult by yourself. But when it is, like, a, a film that sometimes, like, this one that is very much, like, targeted. Targeted for like, young kids. Yeah, like, advertised for kids. You want, you want to make sure that you choose a showtime where maybe you won't be there with anybody else watching it. So like a Tuesday at at two p.m. Right, exactly. <laughs> Although the one thing is, I mean, I you know I mentioned this to you when we were chatting about it earlier that I I was wanting to get I I like getting hearing an audience reaction, and oh, it would have yeah. been I would I would have liked to have heard to see if 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 because the the jokes are plentiful in this movie, and I was just wanting to see yeah. how many of them landed would have landed with the the kids. I mean, I was laughing, but but I wondered about. Uh, you know, hopefully the kids enjoyed it too. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. So with this, um, so this like it was it's, a, it's another pairing of uh, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart uh, together, like pairing up. You know, because they were in the, the newer Jumanji films together. They were in Central Intelligence together, uh, among few other films uh but this uh yeah this was another movie i just watched uh this last night um another movie that sylvie, sylvie. Also enjoyed. <laughs> uh, yeah like there were scenes with uh kevin hart's character uh, ace and she was just straight up like leaning on the, the tv stand like looking right at him and like there's other scenes in it uh where uh I guess so like within the story we can talk a little bit about it like where like Ace like saves like his like the like the baby 
like toddler of his like owner like in a flashback in the film and he like runs to to save her from falling down the stairs and um sylvie like was really engaged with that she like ran to the the tv and like stood up on it and was like what's what's going on (laughs) i I love that i just i just thought it was funny how much like she was engaging yeah both this movie and the other movie uh but so this this movie like like you said was uh produced by warner animation group it's uh like the main story is basically about superman's uh pet dog crypto and in this uh he travels with kal-el from uh from krypton as it's exploding in his his ship together uh and then it kind of you know flash forwards to present day metropolis with uh, john krasinski as clark kent uh aka superman so in the in the past year john krasinski's gotten to play both uh, Superman and Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. He's at, uh, uh, and then he's having a good superhero yeah, and then, year. And, uh, Dwayne Johnson uh, plays Crypto, the super dog, whose name is also Bark Kent. Just, just so you know. Um, That's right. When he's yeah, mild uh, the mild manner dog of a reporter. And then, oh yeah, and then uh, Johnson also voices Teth Adam, um, slash. Black, Black Adam, Adam and, dog and the bumper, and the, yeah, the... And his dog, and it was... Bonus. Yeah, so, so <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. It was funny. Um, uh, and then uh, Kevin Hart is ace, uh, spoiler alert, Bat-Hound, because uh, he gets... Although some of the, the art for this now is just straight up showing that he's adopted by, by Batman. Uh, but again, I guess if you if you know the comics, you already know that, that ace is Batman's dog in that too. Uh, Kate McKinnon is Lulu, uh, who's like a evil hairless guinea pig that was basically uh, experimented on at like Luther Corp, uh, LexCorp rather. Uh, and then, like we said, John Krasinski is Superman. Uh, Vanessa Bayer is PB, a pot-bellied pig who eventually ends up um, being adopted by Wonder Woman, and who was also like infatuated with Wonder Woman and superheroes in general. Uh, Natasha uh, Leone is Merton McSnurdle, which, uh, uh, terrific, what's it, a red, red-aired slider, uh, and she's got, like, poor eyesight. <laughs> so, this character made me laugh, too, because it, it was a really unexpected joke while I was watching it, because she's like, I'm fast, but I still can't see, <laughs> like, shh, and then it, like, bleeps it out, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then they did, then they did that joke later, again. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, this movie's funny." Yeah, I just liked how how they played with it. it. There was there was a lot of laughs in this movie. Yeah, it was very like um, it was like the same kind of tone as like uh like Lego Batman. Yes, like where it was um, like the same kind of like a reverent, like making fun of uh, DC in a way, but like not taking it so yeah, seriously. Yeah, they just didn't take it so seriously and. Yeah. Which was, I thought, one of the real strengths of the film. I thought that was a real smart move on the filmmaker's part because it's one of those, you know, that's so hard to do, I think, to make it funny and entertaining for kids, but also that adults are entertained too. And, and, uh, yeah. and they, I thought, they, I thought they, they did a really good job in that regard. 
Yeah. Uh, and then we got Diego Luna, a.k.a. Casting Andor himself. Yes. Uh, as Chip, uh, a, a paranoid uh, red squirrel who gets, like, electrokinesis. So I guess he got a little bit of, like, the dark side there with, uh, you know, shooting force lightning. Uh, and then he later becomes uh, Green Lantern's pet. In the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then what I thought was kind of cool is that Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz uh, usually have, like, this kind of stand-up thing that they do together. So I thought it was funny they kind of wrote that into the movie. Into the in movie, way, yep. Yeah, with, with uh, the characters Keith and Mark with a K. Um uh, which is a pair of like guinea pigs recruited by Lulu, and then they they get Chironesis, uh, uh, and then which is later like Aquakinesis, and then uh, Pyrokinesis, and then they later become Aquaman and Cyborg's pets. Yep. Um, and, and then we had Keanu Reeves as Bruce Wayne Batman, which I thought was was hilarious. That was in this such too. good casting. Yeah. Yes. One of the things was in the trailers like that better be a. A branded toy or license for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or and there's like the like later on where he's like, You are I am the bat. You are a dog. <laughs> or there I think there's oh yeah, where it was like they were like all being friends with each other and he's like, I miss my parents. And he just says it like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Oh damn. Yeah. <laughs> um Mark Mark Marone uh, was Lex Luthor in here. Olivia Wilde is Lois Lane. Um, and then an, another person within the past uh, year getting, getting to play both a DC and Marvel character is Jamila Jamil uh, as Deanna Prince, Wonder Woman, who's also Titania in She-Hulk uh, right now. Uh, and then we got uh, Jermaine Clement as Arthur Curry Aquaman, which I would like to see more films with this version of Aquaman Me and Jermaine too. Clement. Because I, I thought he was really funny too, and he's like, "No one ever wants to, to be with the water guy." <laughs> I liked how they made jokes about that too later, like earlier in the movie too, where he's like, "Luckily for me, you placed your, your stuff right next to the water." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we had uh, John Early as Barry Allen, the Flash. Uh, uh, David Diggs was Victor Stone, Cyborg. Uh, you guys may remember. David Deeks from Hamilton, Hamilton. many other things. Um, Dasha Polanco as Jessica Cruz, Green Lantern. And then with her, uh, another uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, crew member, because she was also in the Heights recently. Um, and then we had Keith David, is always awesome, as Dog L, uh, Crypto's dad. Uh, and then I love that. Uh, Alfred Molina was Jor-El. Yeah. Which was great. Which was uh, so cool. Lena, uh, Lena Headey was Lara, uh, Lara-El, uh, Clark's, or sorry, Superman's mom. Uh, Busy Phillips, Dan Folger, Yvette Nicole Brown, uh, Maya Erskine. There's like a whole, actually a bunch of people that did this film. So yeah, that's the, the cast of the film. Now, like the the main premise and kind of like story of of the movie was more or less that Clark is gonna ask Lois to uh, marry him. Uh, Crypto is worried about uh, losing. Yeah, his best Crypto friend. goes into total jealousy and sad mode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
he gets upset that they don't watch the British Bake Off, to <laughs> which is isn't that, is that a is that on Discovery? Oh, you know, probably. Well, um, is it? Or or no, because that's on Netflix, right? I think it's been on Netflix, and then also, can you can you watch? Is it on PBS? I'm not sure. Oh yeah, uh, I I know. Usually, like PBS is like a subsidiary of like Warner Brothers, like distribution stuff, though. Too. Yeah, because like at least like a lot of like the BBC stuff is generally uh like I, I like I remember like like the Doctor Who uh like a lot of the like Blu-rays and stuff for that would be uh, released through like Warner Brothers yeah as as well so that's the only thing that like makes me think maybe like the British Bake Off is like a tangential um Warner Brothers Discovery thing. Uh, but anyways, that was t- kind of a big tangent just from the British Bake Off, like, joke. Uh, but, but yeah, like, and then, like, it's, it's like, the story's meant to be kind of, like, he needs to learn how to, like, work as, like, a, like, a, like basically as a group and have, like, more friends than just uh, Clark and, like, allow Clark to, you know, um, move on like within his life but like just still just be part of his life in a different way uh but yeah i I liked like like the whole story in here um like we said the the jokes were really funny in here it was really uh well written and and funny and like a reverent kind of humor for stuff like that uh like with but it still was uh still had um you know, like, more somber moments and stuff, too, like, like the flashback I brought up earlier, like, where they kind of showed, um, like, why Ace was at the, like, the, the shelter, like, the res like, the rescue pet shelter, and, like, he was still saying, like, he would have, he still would have done what, had done what he had did, um, even if it resulted in the same thing, just because of, like, wanting to be able to save the, the kid. Yeah. Um, so, so like, what were like some of your favorite things and like um, different things that happened within the movie? So, you know, as we've talked about, Mark, I thought I, one of the strengths of this film to me was that it just didn't take itself so seriously. Yet, it felt like that they had clearly these were people who were DC fans and and were staying true to story, you know, kind of classic storylines within within you know these characters uh histories but they played it for played it so much of it for laughs i mean it had me hooked at that opening scene with jor-el you know <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and i just thought that was uh so well done because it's you know i love that part about the superman origin story and 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 what a what a fun way to bring crypto the dog in and you know, and all, and, and all that. So, uh, I just found myself just just kind of giggling throughout the whole the whole movie because again, they were just making funny jokes about these you know different characters. And I guess you maybe wouldn't find it funny if you didn't know some of the stories 
you know, about these about these characters or histories or whatnot. But um, still, uh, really a good pace. Kate McKinnon. I mean, come on, she's she's just so funny in anything she does. And I thought this was a really good role for her. You know, the way that the way that they uh, had portrayed this. And uh, I just thought, just moved to the good clip. And, and and there was there was just so much to like. I went in with a little trepida- trepidation mark because uh, I have just felt like some of these uh, Warner Brothers DC adaptations, particularly of late, have just been a just a, a bit of a, a miss. You know, sorry, don't wish to you know be a jerk about it, but uh, but I thought they nailed this. You know that this this was this was this was solid. This was funny. It was entertaining, and and uh, true 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 to these characters. Yeah. Uh, so, like I liked a lot of the stuff in here too. Uh, I think like my favorite stuff in here too. Like again, because like I said, I was watching it with my my mini schnauzer Sylvie. I think that kind of helped too, because I was like, "Oh, like this this best friend watching, yeah, uh, this movie with exactly." And then, so like when different stuff was happening, I was like, "Well, and it's uh, appropriate that uh, Jermaine Clement was in the movie too." I was like, "I'm not crying; it's just raining on my face." <laughs> just just like Flight of the Conchords would say. Yep. Um, um, but I don't know. I I like. Like, like right now, I think like Lego Batman is like maybe like my favorite recent Batman yes. movie. Oh, no question. And what's funny is like how they're able to hide like more adult humor like within these. Mm-hmm. Too. Like my my favorite joke in that Lego Batman movie still is, which is one that I'm surprised that they were able to get across today is like. Um, my name's Richard Grayson, but the kids at the orphanage just call me Dick. And he's and and Bruce is like, well, kids can be cruel. And I remember when I was watching that in the theater, I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? Yeah. But that that's like jokes, like in like even like '90s like Disney movies that were in them that you're like, and you watch it now, you're like, oh, oh wow, Disney like. Disney puts some of this kind of Disney stuff. Disney was in, a little subver- subversive, yeah. 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 But yeah, I I, I liked all the, the humor in, in this film as well. I thought the uh the story was really well done. It's uh, I saw someone else say this online, I think like in the past month or so too. It's uh where like DC League of Zero Pets is, is kind of like Spider Man into the Spider Verse in a way, where it's a a animated superhero film that came out that not a lot of people were expecting much from, um, but then were kind of like blown away by it in different aspects. I and speaking of that, like it's not like the same kind of like breakthrough like an animation as like Into the Spider Verse. Sure, but I did really like the animation style that they they did for this I did and too. like the kind of stylized mm-hmm. uh, way that they did the characters. Yeah. It's not like that same. I guess what like some people call it the quote unquote like Disney yes animation look or like the DreamWorks DreamWorks uh, like yeah. animation look it had like 
like these very defined kind of stylized characters and like how they did like the you know like the justice league members and everything in it too um but i i really enjoyed this i thought all the the like i said the humor is well done the story was well done um i liked like i said i liked the stuff with uh uh, uh mixed nurdle the turtle um which now i finally get a joke that a flat a uh, the flash podcast i've been listening to for years would make about a turtle that barry had on that when they would call it mixed nurdle the turtle they were making they were making a reference to dc league of, like <laughs> like the actual comics yeah. uh, league of super pets and i that was totally going over my head <laughs> nice all of these years but, but now now i understood that reference um but yeah i really i would highly recommend this to anybody that hasn't watched it yet um the the blu-ray 4k comes out in october um it is still on theaters right now too uh, and then it is also available to rent or um purchase to to watch on like premium vod too but remember like i said earlier when you quote unquote buy a digital copy of a movie you don't necessarily you're leasing you're, you're, it you're long-term leasing yep. the movie um but was there was there anything that kind of stood out to you or is like maybe like your favorite scene from this before we kind of like you know wrap up uh i i mean as i mentioned i, I, I love the beginning uh of uh, when they're on krypton but the uh I think overall, I was just so happy to see a DC film that was uh, funny, that was actually, you know, kind of, I mean, you know, there was there was some action, and as you said, there was some emotion in it, but overall, it's pretty light, and it was just, yeah. for me, it was just, it, particularly for a DC property, it was a real breath of fresh air, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, really quick, going back to us talking about the animation style, uh, I found so the film's art style is inspired by Art Deco architecture and illustrator J.C. Leindecker. And then the uh, they wanted the characters' environments to have both visible brush strokes and quote-unquote chunky heroic shapes. Yeah. And then the character designers uh, drew inspiration from Super Friends animated series and Superman comics from the Silver Age of comic books for the design of the characters. Uh, while they were still having kind of a comedic edge to them. Uh, and then, like we said with uh, uh, Luck, uh, this film has a 73% in Rotten Tomatoes um, out of 127 critics, so a little bit more. A few more critics have seen it. People, yeah. And then this so far, uh, it looks like, has made about, uh, uh, looks like about 70 or about 135 million ish dollars so far worldwide, so I think it's doing pretty it's well. It's okay, I, not just a runaway, you know, not a huge hit, but solid. Yeah, I mean, like it's also I think competing still with like Minions, which is, for whatever reason, doing. Yeah. Like all those all those movies always do super well. Yep. Um. So it's it's kind of eating a little bit into like, that same kind of audience for that, uh, and following the. Um, kind of like the positive like financial and audience reception to it Dwayne Johnson also said, stated that the film 
would be the first installment of a new franchise too. So it seems like they're already kind of all in on wanting to do more with it. Yeah. Um, who knows if that'll happen, you know, with everything going on over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like they're like all in with Dwayne Johnson and slash the rock. Right. Um, Black so, Adam. Uh, yeah. Which has been in development since like, I think the year before I graduated Holy college. Cow. Yeah. <laughs> which seriously, one? but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I will definitely uh, be looking forward to them doing a sequel to this to see what they would do with it. I think that's funny that if like the next one is like Black Adam and Anubis versus Superman and Crypto, that would be kind of funny to have Dwayne Johnson basically fighting himself and also voicing a character yeah. that he's playing the live action version of concurrently at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, stranger things have happened, the, I guess, right? But then they, then they need a multiverse crossover with DC where they have the animated DC League of Super Pets version of Black Adam fight the live action there you go. universe DCEU version of Black Adam. And then they both fight Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> who fights a version of uh, from a universe where The Rock is actually just The Rock yes. all the time. So it's Dwayne Johnson, modern day Dwayne Johnson uh, versus like late 90s, early 2000s The Rock wrestler versus animated <laughs> Black Adam versus live action Black And our meta brains just like explode, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And then The Rock just says the the hierarchy of power is about to change in the Dwayne Johnson universe. <laughs> That's right. They're going to change DC to DJ. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Johnson extended universe. Yep, exactly. Um, but was there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap it out for this episode? Hey, it's been fun talking with you, Mark, about these movies. And, you know, I mean, and honestly, Mark, what a treat. We get some new animated movies, you know? Uh, so uh, yeah. I'm really happy for that. And don't know exactly what's in store for us this fall, but but uh, looking other than, you know... Um, Strange World coming out from Disney at Thanksgiving, but but anyway, oh, still, yeah. so great to be and able Pinocchio. to see animated film. Well, yeah, Pinocchio, <laughs> and then and then Pinocchio again, the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio, which I yeah, which I'm legitimately excited for. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, don't forget, you guys can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Bibbert, M A R C B I B B R T, and I'm at Stanford Clark. She's not spelled the way my name is. <laughs> um, right. You can find the show on uh, Facebook and Instagram by searching for Animation Fascination. Twitter by searching for Animated Podcast. Uh, you can email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. And then you can visit our website where all these episodes are posted as well at animationfascination.net. Uh, you can find a link there and in our show notes for Animation Fascination merch for like shirts and stuff like that. 
Um, our episodes are edited by Trav Actor. And then I'm Mark Herbert for myself, Stanford Clark. Uh, thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time.